This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name's Chris Billet. My name is Paul Anderson. My name's Mark Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. That rolling. Beautiful. I forgot you had that in the background, and that, eh? <laughs> Looking fantastic. Looking fantastic. Well, um, the first time round, obviously, we had the icebreaker and stuff like that, Chris. But this time, as a sort of icebreaker, the audience have been given a little bit of an opportunity to be able to send in a couple of questions. So we've got a couple of questions from some of the listeners to kick us off with first. And then we'll obviously pick up where we left off last time which I think was your sort of like last season at Carlisle we just finished the back-to-back promotions so um, and then there's a little quiz at the end as well which is all about you um, so you should be fine <laughs> Derek, Derek Holmes was really nervous about the quiz when I did it with him but uh, he did quite well like it's all about you at the end of the day so you normally do quite well as long as you've got an okay memory <laughs> it's everything you've been interviewed on as well so it should be fine um, Right, I've got the gimmick that I obviously start with, and then um, I'll introduce you, and we'll, we'll we'll roll on, mate. We'll roll on. Right, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me as well. Obviously, thank you for no, your time. No worries, no worries. Oh, oops, sorry, you gone. <laughs> no, I just seen your last message. No worries. Ah, no drama. <laughs> oh. Alright Maras, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, of course, episode 77. And I am joined by a man who we tried to save for our special occasions. The last time you would have heard his lovely tones was for the Christmas special. And now he's bringing the crescendo to the end of our summer spectacular schedule. Thank you very much once again for joining us, Christopher Anthony Billy, how are you, sir? You okay? I'm good, thanks. I'm not a problem. It's worth it just to hear that intro, so thank you. <laughs> Mate, I do love a bit of enthusiasm. And we like to kick this <coughs> off with some great positivity here yeah. on the Blue Army podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. And uh, like like some people might have heard in the prelude there, we're going to kick things off with some questions from the listeners. They've been given a bit of an opportunity to email in some questions to us. And uh, I mean, they're all for you. They're not for me. Um, I've, I've just got the luxury of being able to read them out, mate. Um, 
if you don't want to answer them, just just pass on them, to be honest, yeah. mate. But uh, I've got to give all of them the opportunity to be aired. Uh, the first one, we'll dive straight in. The first one, mate, is from Simon. And Simon's asking, how are you keeping busy, Seebs? You are a legend. I like the podcast. Keep up the good work. <laughs> oh, cheers. Um, I'm well. Um, I'm working nine to five. So now in the real world, I'm a senior sales and account manager for a, a tech company in Doncaster. So yeah, that's what I do to keep the bellies off the door. <laughs> you have to do something, mate. Don't yeah. you? you have to do something. Well, there you go, Simon, mate. You've had your question asked yeah. and answered. Uh, we'll move on to Sarah. And Sarah wants to know, uh, who was your favourite player to play with at Carlisle United? And also, she snuck in a sneak, sneaky second question. She's asking you, if you could have played with anyone, who, was, who would have been your favourite player, like your sort of role model player to have played with as well? Um... Probably, be fair, it's two of them. Carl Hawley and Bridget, to be fair. You just, you know, we defend like dogs, but give them the ball. You know, there's every chance they're going to go get us a goal, win us a game. So, them two, to be fair. I know this, I've answered that two people, but I've got to be honest. Um, and then playing with, God, and I'd love to, hmm. <laughs> again, I'd love to play with somebody like Maradona just to watch, watch him, be close and watch him, but... <laughs> Um, you know, the, the great 90s team, United team of the mid 90s, and that you know, you're right, Keen. I'd love to play midfield with him just to see what he was really like. Um, that would have been a good combination. Yeah. I like that. You and Roy Keane, that would have been something yeah. Yeah, <laughs> both really quite vocal like. on the pitch. Yeah, so he, yeah that would have been good, yeah, because he was a decent player as well. So, no, did you ever cross paths with Roy Keane in your career, Chris? No, never played against Roy. Um, you know. Lucky enough to play against some of the top end players, but never, no, never right keen. So, yeah, probably a blessing in disguise. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have been meeting in the middle of the park as well. So, yeah. it would have been a contest if you did meet. Yeah. Um, Ryan has asked um, after listening to the Christmas special, uh, mm -hmm. who was the other youth player who signed pro deals alongside you at Huddersfield that year? And how did their career go on? It was a lad called Matthew Johnson. Um, and he got, he was a right back, right back, right winger. He was, geez, he was rapid. Um, but he got released after his first year. I think it was either his first year. He might have got a second. Might be talented, but it was he. He never got longer than two years. He got released. Um, who knows? If he could have his time again, I think he'd do things a little bit differently. But yeah, he was a hell of a player. Hell of a player. Yeah, yeah, and that's the way the cookie crumbled. There you go, Ryan. Thanks for listening to the Christmas special, and uh, I hope you've been listening today to get your question asked and answered. There, Adam wanted to know. Uh, you may not have scored loads of goals, but you definitely scored some really important ones. Which one is your favourite one to remember, or which one sort of you come across the most? Maybe. Um, well, I know it's a Carlisle podcast, so I have to be careful. Obviously, Liverpool being a local lad, that you know, but one goal I scored and I can't find it anywhere. I'm pretty sure it was. We, we ended up going down, but it kept in the fight because you know when Sumo took over, and I think we beat Scunthorpe three two. And if I say so myself, Liam, I scored a rocket, <laughs> a rocket, and I can't find it for love no money. I've looked on YouTube, I can't find it anywhere. That one goes up there, but then the the volley in the playoffs again. 
that's a good goal for the build-up and the run. So them two. That, I mean that that one for me, obviously, that's my favourite memory. That goal there in the playoffs. But like, what was the what was the playoff winning goal that you scored at Huddersfield? Like that must have been a hell of a moment for you. How did you connect that one? Do you remember that one well? I don't remember it well. Uh, yeah, it was a diving header, as it goes. Um, oh, depending, nice. Depending on who you ask, it came off my shoulder or the top of my head. <laughs> but I know it went in, Liam. So that's all that matters. I remember it was a cross. <laughs> it went over my head originally. Boothy headed it back across, and I just turned and thought, this might come my way, this, and it did. And I just chucked myself at it, and, yeah, it came off some part of my head somewhere and went in. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the winning goal on that day, like like, 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 like uh, Adam was quite rightly to point out there, lots of important goals, lots of important yeah. goals. Um, mm-hmm. Lee has asked this question, mate. Well, he said this first. He said, thanks for the class memories, Chris. Um, I know Murph and Lummy were a couple of jokers. Did you ever pull? Uh, did they ever pull anything on you? And did you ever get your own back on them? No, we never. To be fair, we never did. They never did anything daft to me. Um, <laughs> uh, probably because you know I couldn't take it. No, <laughs> no, um, no. They never. They never did anything daft to me. I think probably because I was one of older heads. Um, they left well alone, but off the top of my head, I can't remember him doing anything dodgy to me. No, 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 nothing, not too Maybe much. Maybe me wrong, but I don't remember anything I've got to say. <laughs> never left anything in your boot. All right. Oh, well, at least you got left alone. Most people yeah. have honestly said that. I've never heard a proper victim yet, so I imagine it was all just in jest and nothing ever really went yeah. too far with the two no, of them. No, it was, it was all banner. Nothing really did ever go too far, so no, it was quite good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Simo kept a really good changing room. Like, um, one of the things, Chris, that actually really interested me on the last podcast that you mentioned is that, like, Paul Simpson brought in somebody to change the mentality when he came in as manager, somebody that the players could just talk to to get the confidence. Now, I haven't heard any of the other yeah. ex-players talk about that. Do you remember that person's yeah. name? Do you remember that person? What was the official position of that person? Was it, like, club psychologist? Was it, like, and, and where have they gone off to? Are they still in sports? Are they somebody that you keep in contact? That with or is that like a therapist? What's that like? Uh, it was a psychologist, but I didn't we didn't we didn't really know him as such. He just came in a couple of times just to try and you know change the mindset, you know, put some positive thoughts on a piece of paper and put it in your pocket and have a look at it every now and then. It, it was just that it was only a few times he came and it wasn't a regular occurrence, but he came in for a short period, it was just to get us thinking more positively, you know. Yeah. Um you know, we, we went to that as well. And how to handle games when we went up, because we had that, when we went down, we had that spell where we couldn't keep a lead, you know, before Simo took over. We'd go one nil up, but it was like, oh, here we go. We know it's coming. And that kind of mentality sunk in. So he, he had to turn that around. And we did a lot in training about, you know, as boring as this may sound, right? You won the look, lads. 10 minutes left in here. This is what I want. Game management, basically to deal with that. And then we also saw the psychologist a few times. Like I say, it was just, you know, write down some positive thoughts, put them in your pocket and every now and then just have a look, just basic stuff like that. But it all helped. 
It's great. I mean, like mental health has been uh, around the sport this week a lot. Uh, I don't know if you watched UFC, mate, but obviously Paddy the Baddy was bringing up what happened to his friend and dedicating his fight. And obviously it's really important to talk about mental health um, around and around sport as well. And I do like to sort of try and brush the subject here on the Blue Army podcast every now and again and touch on the subject. Something else, Chris, that's been interesting that's been in the news a little bit recently is uh, the predictions for the League Two season and how some of the teams are starting to sort of like shift up. Did you guys ever pay any attention to these odds? Did you ever take them seriously? Or did you ever sort of do the thing where you look at your own odds if you like them and you go, oh yeah, we'll do playoffs. And then you look at other people's odds and you go, they won't do that well. <laughs> no, um, no. I guess I never did. I, I just, you know, you had a feeling to start with every season you hope it's going to be good. You do. There's no other way to look at it. But I never... And everyone, oh, they don't have us as favourites, we'll show them, or they don't, you know, they've got them as favourites, we'll show them. No, and barring one occasion, I never looked at anybody else. The only time I did or look at where people had run because is when we when we got promoted from the playoffs with Barnet, and Barnet won the league that year, country mile. And they were kind of giving it big licks, you know. So the fact that we finished above them by winning the league, and I, I don't know where they can, I don't care. But the fact we finished above them, it's like, yeah, that'll do for me. That's the only other time I've really had a, before a game started, a season started, thinking, yeah, I want to finish better than them. That was the only time. Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't really matter to the players necessarily. I mean, where, where, where the, the papers that have came out, of the odds that have came out, the Sky, I think it's Sky that came out with the odds first. They put us within the playoffs. Now, I don't know how much you sort of keeping tabs on the team. Obviously, it's... Uh, Paul Simpson's back in town. Yeah. And oh, sorry, I do have to mention it's Paul Simpson's birthday today. So happy yeah. birthday to Simo <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. So uh, that'll, that would have happened this week. Happy birthday, Simo, from the both of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it, I just wondered, mate, to be honest, how much the sort of media really affects teams at this level of football. And obviously, thanks for clearing that up for us, mate. Let's move on to you and your career and where we left off last time on the Blue Army podcast. Um, it was all glory, mate. Uh, we've just had a, a final uh, in, 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 in the LDV. We'd done, we'd been the back-to-back promotions is where we'd sort of left off. And uh, you still have a year left on your contract, but... Yeah. There's a lot of changes happening at Brunton Park. We're in 2006. We're about to kick off the 2006-2007 season. And Paul Simpson's been poached by Preston. Now, I believe you lads were all on holiday when this sort of went down. And by the time you came back from pre-season, there was a new manager and everything like that. So what was it like trying to relax on holiday while meanwhile back at home, your gaff is gone? (laughs) To be fair with someone, we knew... He'd probably be going somewhere because he'd done well. We knew somebody would be having an eye on him. It was more a case of, in my head, who's taking over. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, so I remember uh, Neil McDonald, um, he got the job and was like, who's he? Who's he? Oh, he used to be at Bolton. So I just remember texting Danny Lidge and going, what's he like? What's he like? Um, and I think at the time Danny said he wasn't too bad, I think, if I remember right there. Says he'll be different, but he's all right. And that was pretty much all we knew. So, you know, just turn up and see how it goes from day one, really. Yeah, so, I mean, like, obviously you were prepared for it because before yeah. before the pre-season had kicked off, you, you knew that you were going to come in to, to face a new manager. But 
somebody that hadn't quite left the team yet, which everybody seemed to know was leaving the team, was a player you've already mentioned today. I'm talking about Mr. Carl Hawley. Uh, the quite stylish yeah. gentleman was wearing a T-shirt around the city centre with a big question mark on it one day during that summer, as if he was trying to provoke some kind of press reaction into wondering, was he going to sign a contract or is he going to, is he going to hang around? But he got his move. He did get his move. What was he like during those two weeks after Simo left and he was still kind of around? What's it like when, when there's a player in the changing room that you know is probably going to go? What's that like? No, you know what? You can only wish, you know they're going to go. They've done well. You can only wish them well. Um, Carly was a great lad anyway. And there, were, there was no animosity between any of us. If anything, while he was there, we would have liked him to play. But, you know, obviously he had his move in the pipeline. So he wasn't. But yeah, we never, you know, the lads, we just crapped on as normal, to be fair. You just, you know, because you appreciate no matter where you are, if somebody's done well, People are going to come knocking, and you know it's only a matter of time. So, yeah, it was fine. We knew it was coming. So, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it wasn't too much upset. Obviously, there was a couple of more people that left. Michael Bridges ended up leaving. And, uh, I mean, at that point, the, the fans' reaction, we've lost our manager, we've lost both of our star strikers. We brought in some kind of unknown players at the time, an unknown manager to replace people at the time. And, um, I mean, I was going to ask you a question about what you knew about Neil McDonald, but you've expertly um, sort of, like, got, yeah. got ahead of that question, that which much. is good, man. So, you've yeah. had a bit of an inside track with Danny Lipsy, But... What the fans didn't expect to happen was for us to go on uh, a 10 in 11 sort of uh, unbeaten streak. You know, we had 11 games. We only lost one of them to open the season up. And um, I mean, what was Neil McDonald doing to that dressing room to steady the ship and, 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 and keep it pushing forward and keep the momentum sort of going? Because Paul Simpson had built a momentum, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of it, Doug, He's a good coach, is Neil McDonald. He's, he is a very good coach. Um, and, he, you know, he taught me some things and I'm pretty sure he taught most of lads stuff made them better. Um, but a lot of it was just the, the momentum, the euphoria of what Simo had brought in. The lads were already going well. Um, and it was just, you know, he changed a few things, but I think it was just that the lads, the fans were behind the side, behind the team, and it was just, you know, to keep that going, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't, if you ask me, did he change anything per se? Nothing that I can say was out of the ordinary, but he was a very good coach. He was, I'll give him that, he was a very good coach. I've heard things in terms of sort of like fitness and the way that he's, he was able to sort of affect the fitness levels coming in. But obviously he was left with a very capable team, a very talented team. And obviously that momentum of the back-to-back promotions pushing on. And when you do win back-to-back promotions, there's a lot of, um, not a lot of pressure that comes with what you expect from the next season from the fans. It's kind of like a survival season. And yeah. I don't know what it was that he managed to get right there, but obviously things started off quite well. And you did start the season quite well. And uh, did, was it an injury? Injury that you picked up, and then, and then, I mean, what was the relationship between you and Neil McDonald like leading into that January, leading into that sort of Halifax uh, interest? Well, now you're asking me. Well, you know what? <laughs> we didn't not. Well, this is my side. We didn't not get on. Did I want to play more at that stage? Yes. Um, and I. I there's a memory that sticks in my head, so you you can tell me if I'm wrong, because this is what sticks in my head. We played Huddersfield away that season, 
Can't remember if we got a result or not. But I played and I didn't do bad. And like I say, as much as I wanted to play, I was, you know, 35, almost 35 at the time. I just wanted to play. He knew that. And I played that game. We had a Johnson Paint Trophy game the, the following weeks. So we played at Saturday. We had a Johnson Paint game, I think, the week, that week. And I didn't play. And I thought, oh, here we go again. So I went to see him. And he said, look, Chris, the shirt's yours to lose. I'm just giving you a rest. So I can't argue with that. You know, I'm nearly 35. I just do want to play. I'd rather play, but no, you give me a rest. Okay, the shirt's mine to lose. That's fine. We get to the Thursday because we've had the Wednesday off after the game on the Tuesday. We're doing shape and I'm not in it. So I'm like, oh, here we go. And I'd, I'd, at that point, I'd had, I'd had, I'd, I was full. I'd, I'd, I'd had enough excuses and reasons why you weren't playing. I'd, and I just, um, and I'd, I think I went in the Thursday after training and I said I wanted to leave. I said, look, you, you just, he wasn't taking a pace. He was doing the best of the team. But out of me, I just felt like he was showing me a lack of respect. If, he, if you're not going to play me, just tell me I'm not playing the Saturday. Don't tell me that the shirt's mine to lose. You're giving me a rest and then Saturday come and I'm not playing. Um, and I just thought, oh, I've had enough of this. Um, now, we'd spoken before that about me not playing and he said, oh, he didn't think I could play two games a week. And I was like, oh, come on. Like I said, Liam, all I want to do is play. When my body says I can't play anymore, fair enough, leave me out. But don't tell me you don't think I can play two games a week. So I'd had that excuse before that. And then that happened. And then that was the, the final straw. So I asked to go on the list. Um, Greg Abbott, who I got on with, Greg Abbott said, well, they both said, look, don't go on the list. We'll, we'll, we'll sort something out. We'll sort you out. And then Greg came to me and, and said, we're not fancy Halifax. I said, I, I just want to go home now. You, I just want to be close to home. If you're not going to play me, go somewhere close to home and play. And then Halifax came in and that happened. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. it, would, it would have been, the Huddersfield game apparently was October 14th. So you still had quite a lot of time. You still had two yeah. months with the club to yeah. sort of grind out that transfer and and sort of like have that awkward moment with Neil McDonald. And, and, and obviously that tension would have been in and around the squad. And I mean, looking at the results that the team, it, it's really inconsistent. So, I mean, you, you kind of do want to steady the side and put somebody in and have some kind of consistency. And I mean, new manager coming in, maybe just didn't know how to handle an experienced pro like yourself. I'm older and wiser. He didn't fancy me. Fair enough. Yeah. But just be honest with me, you know. That's it. Be honest with me, be up front. And then, um, again, I'm not sitting here saying I'm going to like it, but at least I know where I stand. I'll I'll get off. But, you know... My nature was, right, I'll fight for my place. I get my chance. And then you just kind of, you're just like, no, I'm going to tell you one thing and do another. I'm like, no, that straw that's brought the You could back. see through it. Yeah, you could yeah. see through it. I mean, maybe it was a bit of an experience, maybe on Neil McDonald, not being able just to cut through the bullshit and, and just yeah, be able to, just to be straight with you. I imagine maybe if he had his chance again, there might be a couple yeah. of different things. And yeah. Again. I won't, you know, I'm never going to like it. Nobody's never going to like not playing, but at least I know where I stand. And, you know, I know um, if I'm wasting my time, I'll get my boots and I'll get off. If I'm not, be honest with me and open, but he wasn't. And that's, that, that just sticks with me, that. Because I think with most managers, you know, good or bad, I've got on with it. And I've tried to prove that I am worthy of a place. 
Now, if, you're, if, if he honestly thinks I'm too old and I, I can't do what he wants, just tell me that and yeah. I'll get off. But he didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's it like when when you when you've had that decision? Obviously, you've been you've been they've kind of messed you around a little bit there for for a couple of weeks, getting you in the team again and then out the team again, and then you've asked to be put on the list. What's it like when you're on the list? Is it just your agent goes off and does all the work and then keeps reporting back to you, this club, this club, that club, or do you call up Neil Warnock again and see what he's got for you? <laughs> I think that ship had well and truly sailed by. Where was he at that point? Like just left United by then. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So I think, so I'd asked about this, but they said not to, and they'd sort me out. So I think um, Greg got on with Chris Wilder. I think he must have known him. Well, in fact, Wayne Jacobs was Chris's assistant at Bradford. And I think that's how Greg knew him from his Bradford days. Um, so they went down, took over the remaining year, half of the season of my contract, half of my contract, and I got another year on top. Um, and I just went there, but... In the meantime, I remember, to me, I remember being not happy that I won't play him, but it, it seemed to happen pretty quickly when Greg came and said, you know, Halifax, and I went, right, I'll get my boots, I'll go down. And at the time, I wasn't that fussy either. It wasn't about what can Halifax give me or what can you do for me. It was just a matter of trying to play some games and get close to home because I'm obviously not wanted here. So that's all it was about. Yeah, I mean, like, what what was what was it like going down to Halifax? I mean, obviously, you didn't care about the drop down in level necessarily, and and, and it wasn't about the money, like you've already said. But what was it? Because you must have, if you were going to that level, there must have been other other clubs interested. I mean, it is closer <laughs> to home, but there are there are there are other teams closer to home. Was the manager maybe somebody that you knew? Were the players there yeah. that you knew? Be honestly, Liam, I never knew about anybody else. No. Um, it was only Halifax that I ever heard about. And they're the only people I ever spoke to. Um, so, yeah, I don't know about anybody else. Oh, I mean, fair enough, fair enough. So what, what are your memories of Halifax then when you first arrive in, in the town itself? I mean, because you said it's closer to home. Was it somewhere yeah. that you were visiting when you were younger? Was it was it a sense of coming home or was it's, it a little a, bit too far from the doorstep? No, it's a storm throw. Huddersfield and Halifax are next door. I actually live in between Huddersfield and Halifax now, right in the middle. <laughs> um so yeah, it was it was on my doorstep. Um, so to be fair, unless Huddersfield Town had signed me, I couldn't get any closer to home. Um, <laughs> that's how good it was. So yeah, I was happy to be back, back seeing my kids on a regular basis. So yeah, I was just happy to be back and I'll give it my best shot at Halifax. So were you travelling? Were you travelling up to Carlisle quite regularly then, or did you have a spot I- up there? Um, I had a we had a flat that we had and I stayed in there a lot but then in between I travelled up with Grande, Lives there, Kevin Gray, uh, Tom Cowens so we we travelled up every now and then and we stayed up every now and then. Oh, well, that was yeah, the, the, the luxurious Fred Story apartments with the yes, massive yeah, wide windows yeah. near the post office building yeah those ones. <laughs> We all know what happened in those flats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're moving on, man. We're moving yeah. on. Obviously, that was a January transfer to Halifax, but it was only yeah. eight months later we decided to ditch them, sign on the dotted line for Farsley Celtic. So you've moved just a little bit further away and come back yeah. close, closer up north is Farsley Celtic. A bit closer no, up I guess Farsley Celtic is towards Leeds. So again, it's okay, nah. 20, 25 minutes away tops. 
So what happened at Halifax is it, it's it was just the season before they went pop the first time. <laughs> and it, it, you'd go <laughs> when it came to pay payday, you were taking a chance if you were gonna get paid. No. Was, yeah, you were taking a chance. So we're gonna get paid this month. You didn't know. Or you'd go payday, you're not getting paid, but come next Tuesday, you might get it. It, it was just it got to that point, so it was teetering on the brink. But who was um, in charge of the club at that point? What, what, what's the score there? What's going on with that? I don't even know. Chris Wilder was still there then, but I don't even know who actually ran the club. But yeah, they were they were struggling. And then, uh, so I had the next season. So I went back, started the pre-season, and then I don't know. Oh God, Simbad. What's his name? I only know him as Sinbad or Pamface. That's his nickname. Lee Sinnott. Lee Sinnott. <laughs> Lee Sinnott was manager at uh, Farsi Celtic. Yeah. And they'd just been promoted to the conference. Um, and they were interested in me. Um, and I, I know Lee Sinnott from playing with Huddersfield. Playing the, he was captain when we got promoted in the playoffs. Um, and Chris said that they'd come in with a, you know, He's, again, Chris said, well, you know, you're getting on. You're not going to play as much here. I thought, right, say no more. I'll get, <laughs> my boots. I'll get my boots and I'm off. So I signed for um, I signed for them for a year. And then I think, if I remember right, like we signed, we, so we only trained two nights a week. All right. <laughs> um, trained two nights a week, but we were playing in conference. And it was like... It's equivalent now of Halifax Town getting Premiership. It, it's just like how have these lot got into conference because they were like, no <laughs> okay. know, Northwest Counties. It was like how have we done this? And then, so we were we were getting beat every week, three, four, five. We were getting dicked every week. <laughs> but Simbad, to his credit, because he'd done so well with them, and he used to play for Port Vale. Port Vale came in for him. So he left and went to Port Vale. No. Um, so we had John DC take over. And like I say, Farsley Celtic were never supposed to be in conference. He's just, they, they weren't set up for that. They weren't getting up for that. So again, we got to, I think we got after Christmas, money troubles again. Mm. Couldn't afford to pay me. Um, and in the end, I just ended up saying, look, there's no point. I'll call it quits. It's not like there's any point hanging about because I'm never going to get any money off you. So I just called it quits and called it a day. I mean, uh, there is there was rumours about uh, your uh, fabled loan move to Osset Town. Is that, is that at all true? Is that just Wikipedia yeah, fairy went, tales? No, I went there for You're a few You're one and only loan, loan move of your career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when uh, Farsley were messing about, Again, another teammate, Simon Collins, he lives in the States now. He was manager at Osset, said they didn't want to come and play a few games. So I went over there with him um, and played a few games at Osset. And then... Did they win a few out. games? With, yeah. Did you at least, get, did you at least yeah, end on yeah, a winning yeah, streak? We did all right. We did all right. Then, And then I, I called it. I went back to Farsley again. Like I say, no money. Called it a day. Hung the boots up. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's 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 that moment like, Chris, for for a football? I mean, obviously, Pat Farsley, Celtic. You, you've just said there you're in a division where the team doesn't really belong. You're getting drummed week in, week out. You, you're probably not necessarily enjoying the football itself as much, but you're yeah. training twice a week, so there's still, you know, there's peaks and troughs to every sort of situation. Obviously, um, what what was it that made you decide, mate? Was it just kind of no more? It's just it what. It, Besides the fact that my phone never ran, um, <laughs> no. it, it was. I, I, I was working as well. I got myself a part-time job as well. I used to work for GE Capital. So I was doing that, training two nights a week and playing. So when I hung up the boots, I just went full-time into that. Um, mm. So I didn't have that period where it's like, oh, God, what do I do now? Do you know what I mean? It, it was already there, so it just seemed... So it was a lot... For me, in that aspect, it was a lot easier because I was already in that environment and I just went full-time after the football. Um, so it wasn't so bad. Um, I've, I've got some friends that have struggled. I've, I've got a few rugby mates that have struggled from playing the programme and then having to find a job. But for me, it was quite smooth, actually, because I was already in there. If I'd have had to stop totally and go, now what? That would have been more difficult. But because I'd already dipped my toe in, I was fine. Um, and then I did a bit of coaching as well with Simon yeah. again for Mosset. So yeah, it was good. It was good. So I mean, that, that was that was my next question that was going to lead into. I mean, your phone your phone did actually ring again. You were in the Carlisle Masters League team. So I mean, oh, then, yeah, I, did, yeah. I mean, there was there were teams that were interested. There were teams that were still interested. Don't, don't let yourself yeah. down there, Chris. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you went into coaching. Now, I mean. What I've never really done, mate, is asked anybody on the podcast before that has gone into coaching about the badges and, and, and the stages of the badges. Now, what is is it a level system? Like, so obviously you've got your National C, your National B, your National A, and then yeah. it's it goes beyond that, doesn't it? International CBA. Like so, what's what what did you what what did you get, Chris, first? So like, what, what's your it, experience? It was your level one, which is basic, and you know, the level one basically is for any dad that wants to start a football team for his son to play. As long as you've got right. your level one, you can do that. So it's, it's as basic as it comes. Your level two is, and you do it over about, I think you do it over six weekends, six Saturdays. Your level two is more like, I think it's either six or eight weeks, but you, do, you only do a day. And I did mine at the Cliff, the United Old Training Ground. Ah. Where you do a day a week, you go in, it depends how many on course, but I think on our course, there's about 30 of us. So we had Quentin Fortune on it, used to play for United. Um, another lad that used to play for uh, Man City, oh God, two brothers, but I forget forget the name. One of them ended up at Wrexham many moons ago. And then we had a lot of players that played at a decent standard, but never you know, made it first team. So I, I know a lad um, that was there, that was a kid at Man United, but wanted to get his badges, start doing some coaching. So that, that was a level two. So that was six to eight weeks. I think it's every Wednesday. And you you know, you do a bit in the classroom, you do a bit of coaching, you watch a few sessions, you put sessions on, you make notes. You have to do so many hours coaching outside of that environment. So find a club to coach, um, log your hours, log your sessions. And I did that. I was coaching one of my sons, my oldest sons, I think they were under 14s at the time. So I was coaching them. So that was my hours that I logged. So you do that for six, eight weeks. Then hopefully you pass. You do a session at the end. Hopefully you pass your level two. Then you do your level three. They now call that, I think they call it UEFA B now or something. They've changed what it is or UEFA C. 
So then you do your level three. And then, no, so let's call it UFC because you level three, then you wait for B, where you can coach in academies and stuff. And then you you, you realize you, you're A, you, you wait for A, where you can, you know, pretty much become a manager. And then there's further ones after that if you want to go that far down the road. But yeah, there's five levels really that you. you, you I mean, like these, the, the, these coaching courses, they, co they cost money. And obviously, the higher up the scale you go, the more they cost. Now, is there something set up? I've, I've heard rumors about it. I've never heard anyone confirm it. Is there something set up between the FA and X players? that they can get enrolled on these courses for, for free or a discount price? What's that? It's a discount price, but what you what the PFL do for you, not just any football courses, you know, if you want to go to uni or you want to go to college, they will part fund your courses for you. So, you, you know, they'll help you go. Um, and that's what they did with me with, not my first course, because I just did that through the local club that I coached. I could tell you need to get your... your and I'm like, what? I need to get my level one. I played nearly 20 years of professional football. I need to get my level one. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it is really basic. But I got that. I thought, right, oh, I've got my level two. And to be fair, I would have done my level three. But I'd had that much because you have to have to book those days off work. Uh, level three is even more intense, even more days, even more hours. I thought, I can't book that off work so quick. So I didn't. Do I regret it? Yes, because after I finished my level two, I kind of got the bug. I was like, oh, could do this again. But there we were. I couldn't, not justify it, but I wouldn't have got away with it, booking another load of holidays to do this coaching. So I stopped there. <laughs> so, yeah. So was Osset Town the only the coaching role that you had at, like, the men's level? So uh, Bradford Park Avenue. Ah. Uh, with Simon Collins. Simon Collins was a manager and I was assistant manager. Um. And Simon left just after Christmas. Um, I think it was to work because, like I say, not long after that, he moved to the US with his family. And then that was it. Then somebody else come in, wanted his own people in. That was that. Um, like I say, my thing with football is you can have all the qualifications in the world, but I personally think it's who you know in football, not what you know. Because if I didn't know Simon, I would have never got that Bradford um I always say Bradford Paul Butchers, but you know, I wouldn't have got that opportunity with him there. It's, it's because I knew him. Um, so yeah, that's where we got to. That lasted about five, six months. And then I was back to coaching my middle sons under 11s, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So are you I, still doing are you still doing that kind of stuff? Have you still got time to do that kind of stuff yeah, around I've your coach, work? Well, I've got an eight-year-old, so I coach his under nines. Uh, we train once once a week and we play on a Sunday a Sunday morning. So, yeah, I'm trying to pass on all the knowledge to all three of them so they can't say that one got more than the other and then see what they <laughs> It's awesome to hear that you're still sort of getting involved, mate. I mean, yeah. I mean, I imagine it's hard to, to get rid of the urge completely. You've got to do something to sort it of like keep it going. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, uh, I mean, mate, I've really enjoyed uh, listening to... Not only this one, but the Christmas special. I listened that to that back uh, during this week as well. I really enjoyed listening to these to these episodes. Really enjoyed listening to you telling your stories and that, mate. And um, hopefully, you've also been listening because it's time for the Chris Billy quiz. Uh, what we like to do, mate. That's right. That's right. What we like to do when we get people on for a part two is see how good their memories are about their own career. Now, obviously, it's a quiz focused on you, so hopefully, it won't be too 
too difficult for you. There's only I five questions. I, if I don't remember, I'll be upset. That's yeah. it. Aye, that's it. I mean, you, you, I mean, hopefully there's no cheat sheets back there for okay. you. There might be a couple of statistics. I'm sure you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, we'll start things off um, with, 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 with a goal-scoring question, mate. Um, and it's according to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. how many goals did you score for Carlisle United? Ooh. <laughs> no, you're asking. Six. Oh, according to Wikipedia, it's only three. No. Rubbish. It must be, because you've more than doubled that, so you must be able to remember more than three goals off the top of your head. Because I'm thinking, you've got the playoff goal, you've got the goal that you talked about there already, like when we were in the... Yeah. I scored away, not we beat somebody 5-1 in the conference. I scored in that game. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure I scored more than three. Uh, <laughs> embarrassing. No, go on, I'll take it. embarrassing. All uh, right, we'll take in that one. Right, yeah. that's what that's that one done. Question number two, we'll move on swiftly. Question number two is, you played over 100 games for three clubs, Carlisle, Plymouth and Bury. But for mm-hmm. which team did you make the most appearances for? Barry? It is Barry, mate. Yeah, it is Barry. <laughs> well played. We're back on the playing pitch. Here we go with question number three. What is the name of Halifax Town's home stadium? The Shea. The Shea, yeah. Why is why is it why is it the Shamans and the Shea? Did you ever learn that? What's it to do with Shea? What's that? I haven't got a clue. I don't, I, Not a clue, no. I don't know. I always wondered if you joined the football club as a player, it was similar to like joining the workforce as, as sort of like a American man. And you have to make you watch a video at the start and it's like in the 1984s, Halifax yeah. Town. I'll need to ask my son, my middle son, because he's a scholar at Halifax. So I'll need to ask him, <laughs> see if he knows. We'll get him in. We'll get him in the comment section to help us out, maybe. Uh, question number four, mate, is uh, in two, the 2006 Football League Trophy final saw you at your, and the rest of the United team face up against Swansea in Cardiff at the Millennium Stadium. God, it's a long question, this one, mate. Yeah. Sorry. Carla lost by two goals to one after coming back from an early Lee Trundle goal. Who scored Carlisle United's equaliser? Oh, now you're asking. Oh, it was a surprise oh. to me as well. Like, I looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah. Because there was a goal disallowed in the game as well. Right, this is a shot in the dark. Adam Murray. You've done it. You've done it. Yeah. You've shot and you've won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I just, I just didn't show that or Adam had scored. Yeah, no. That's it. I thought maybe because Carl Hawley, well done, mate. Yeah, well done. Because Carl Hawley had a goal disallowed a couple of moments before that. Maybe he might have got tripped up a little bit, yeah. but no. Do you remember who scored the winner for Swansea? Oh, Recently retired. Trundle. It was Akin Fenwa. Was it? It was Akin Fenwa. Yeah, it was Adibo Akin Fenwa scored the winner. I don't, I don't. I thought I'd remember that trundling around pitch. I don't remember that. No, do you not remember going toe to toe with with the beast? I remember, I, no, I don't. No. <laughs> I thought 
thought you might have remembered that. Like, I thought yeah. you might have remembered that. But apparently he's just signed with a non-league outfit called Hashtag United, so he's not completely retired yeah. either. So he's going he's gonna to carry on playing. Um, yeah. I think it's Essex Senior League or Essex Premier League, something around that. County's division football. Um, so the beast lives on. The beast lives on. But not in your memory, apparently. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. The final question, Chris. And you've done, you've done, you've done quite well, haven't you? You got four. Uh, you got three out of four so far. So we're going for four out of five. Okay. According to Wikipedia, how many appearances did you make for Sam Allardyce at Notts? County before you joined Will Neil Warnock at Bury. Oh, hmm. I've got two two numbers in my head. They're probably both wrong. <laughs> League games. League. Are we counting cup games as well? Well, I think we've, yeah, it's all professional appearances. I think that counts. Well, well, it doesn't make much difference, Liam. So let's. Um... <laughs> Um, God. <laughs> Five? Oh, so close. It was six, mate. <laughs> it was six. So close. So close. Three out of five. And uh, obviously the mystery lives on. I mean, you don't even know how you got out of that contract. One day, one day I'm going to try and get a message to Neil Warnock, mate, and find out what the hell went no. on there. <laughs> no idea. Well, three out of five, mate. You've done really well. You've done just as good as Derek Holmes did, just over, uh, you know, just over the halfway mark, which is absolutely fantastic. You've got nothing to be ashamed of, mate. No, and um, I mean, thank you so much for indulging the quiz. Yeah, thank you, thank no, you so no. much for just coming on the podcast in general, Chris. No, thanks for asking me, Liam. Thanks for asking. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you over these two episodes. And um, I mean, the fans really did react to the Christmas special. And, and I'm sure they're going to absolutely buzz when they see that you're back to do the crescendo of the summer schedule. Next week, the season kicks off, Chris. Yeah. And um, I mean, why, 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 don't you, why don't you help us kick things off for the season with a little bit of optimism? You've worked under Paul Simpson yeah. and you came from a team that just recently got promoted. You know what it's like to be in that changing room. I mean, it's going to be a good season, isn't it? Come on, give us something yeah. to look forward I think to. When I saw that he'd gone back, I thought, I'm surprised because they say never go back, really, don't they? But Simo, you know, he's a Cumbrian, he's a Carlisle lad. It's, he did so well. He understands the place, you know, and I think he will, I think he'll do really well. I, I do, I, I, I'm positive. I think he's the best appointment you could have made. I think he's, I think it'll go well. I really do. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. I'll be very surprised if he doesn't. So yeah, playoffs, at least, I'd say on the similar. Yeah, so I was going to try and push it for a prediction. Appreciate that. I mean, I said I said second, but I'm allowed to be a little bit more pie in the sky. I think. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit more well rooted, mate. You're a bit more well uh, well balanced. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blue Army podcast, Chris. It's been an absolutely amazing time, and all that's really left for us to do is to say bye to the beautiful audience. That's been enough from me, Skelly. It's been an absolute pleasure. This has been episode 77 of the Blue Army podcast. It's bye from me. Goodbye. It's bye from Chris. See you later, folks. Thank you. And that's enough. Bye for now.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.